When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Kish Milwani has supported independent tech news directly for five years. You should be like Kish. Become a DTNS member right now at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, March 21st, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From the shores of Lake Merritt, I'm Justin Robert Young. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Justin is not mocking me. He literally does live stone's <laughs> throw from the that's shores a, of Lake That's an actual lake where you used to live as well, Tom I Merritt. I used to live very close to there. Um, How about that? We have got a cornucopia of news, a lot of it about Microsoft, some protests, some security breaches, or just mistakes. We'll let you decide, but let's start with a few other tech things you should know. Back in November, Brad Sams over at Throughout.com reported that Maverick was the code name of an upcoming Xbox One S model that no longer includes a disk drive. WindowsCentral.com now says it has received product photographs of the console's box with the name Xbox One S All Digital Edition and documentation indicating a May 7th, 2019 launch. The product shot shows a one terabyte hard drive with Forza Horizon 3, Sea of Thieves and Minecraft digital codes bundled into the box as well. Microsoft is updating Windows 7 with notifications that warn users that support for Windows 7 will end on January 14th, 2020. After that date, Windows 7 will get no more security updates and users are encouraged to upgrade to Windows 10. And Microsoft announced Microsoft Defender Advanced Threat Protection, or ATP, for macOS in limited preview. Yes, because it's on macOS, it's now called Microsoft Defender, not Windows Defender, because it's, well, it's defending macOS in that case. Microsoft Defender ATP will add endpoint detection and response and threat vulnerability management capabilities in public preview next month, and it will come as part of your company's Microsoft 365 subscription. So if you wanted it on your macOS, talk to your boss or your IT manager and the enterprise, because it's not something for general consumers. All right, let's talk a little bit more about what's going on with Nokia phones in Finland, John. Mm, I knew you were all wondering about it, and we got the goods. <laughs> Finland's data protection ombudsman said Thursday that he would investigate reports from public broadcaster NRK that Nokia 7 Plus phones made by HMD Global sent information to Chinese servers and violated data protection rules. 
HMD Global said an error in software packaging process with one batch of handsets has been fixed in February. That data had never been processed. No person could be identified from the data and no personal data had been shared with third party. This is definitely one of those situations. And and you're going to hear me say something similar in, in a few minutes where it's a normal process for uh, a, a phone management uh, company, you know, if HMD Global does a, a, some cloud services that are pre-installed on the phones it makes under the Nokia brand uh, to have some servers that it would connect to, right? And it would be uh, it would be conceivable that there might be an error where some some data gets sent that shouldn't have been, and they fix that. That happens in the United States. You get a bit, little bit of concern about like, hey, what was in that data? What did you do with it? And it happens in China, and suddenly in the current climate about Huawei and their networking equipment, uh, people get even more concerned. Uh, so it's 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 honestly impossible to tell if if this is anything bigger than what HMD Global says it is, which is like, oh, yeah, we know there was no third party access. Uh, a little bit of data got sent to this server that shouldn't have been and we fixed it and it's not there anymore. Yeah, I mean, for anybody who's like, well, as a consumer, I'm worried about what data got shared. It wasn't consumer data, wasn't shared with third parties. What would the data have been? I, You know, I, there's a theme running through a lot of these kinds of stories about the fact that we used to live in a world where data just flowed. Uh, that was the whole point of the internet was like, data is really hard to share. Let's figure out how to make it share easily. Yeah. And now we have a whole new generation of people who who didn't come to the internet with technical knowledge who are like, well, why is that data going there? Why, yeah. well, you know, who, what are you doing with it? Yeah. Although I do think that this is going to be more and more of a defining question that we have to ask. And in many ways, it sort of mirrors how we Many people who are listening to this are well aware of what targeted advertising is and how much of our data uh, goes into uh, various marketing companies' hands. But these are things that I think are like that issue was five years ago, where the people that knew knew it. People that are are that care about tech are going to know more and more about what you know what, what information is going where and at what point is it going there. Like that, that is something that we do need to think more and more about. Yeah. I got a few more thoughts on that. I'm going to hold them until we talk about Facebook in a, in a minute or two here. But first, the European Parliament will vote next Tuesday, March 26th, on a new copyright directive that includes Article 13. You know it. You possibly love it. Requiring filtering of uploads to prevent copyright infringement and Article 11, which restricts the right to use snippets to link to new sites without paying for or otherwise obtaining permission to do so. German, Czech, Danish and Slovak versions of Wikipedia are offline today in protest. Sites such as Twitch and Pornhub have both posted banners protesting the changes. And if you hang out on Reddit, European users uploading contact to Reddit get a notice pretending to reject the upload and then encouraging them to contact their MEP. Yeah, they're a member of the European Parliament. So uh, this is like Sopa Pippa was in the U.S. several years back, uh, where where the tech companies are, are trying to lead the charge to put pressure on the European Parliament to vote against these copyright directives because they feel like even modified uh, in the ways that they have been, they will have unintended consequences. Now, Article mm-hmm. 11, the one about the, that's often called the link tax, has less heat on it than Article 13. Article 13 is the one where even a lot of music publishers are against it, saying we think this could actually harm our ability to share because we 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 love that YouTube thing where we get to monetize somebody else's upload and, and we don't yeah. want to fall afoul of that. 
Yeah, I mean, we are at a point now where that is a line item on a budget where you can say, okay, we understand that we make X amount of money from being able to monetize that, you know, if we're to use the example of the, uh, you know, the the baby video with Prince in the background that uh, uh, the rights holder to that music now can make that money. Uh, man, th- this is this is definitely a tough one because you would assume that this is, uh, you know, the kind of thing that happens in the European Union or, or one of the member countries. Uh one of these things is going to happen. One, like one of what one of these uh, uh, laws are going to go into effect. And we're going to actually see the rubber hit the road. Whether uh, whether or not it's Article Thirty, it see it seems like. Well, I mean, the copyright directive is 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 probably going to happen. But I, I guess what you're saying is, even if the copyright directive somehow doesn't pass, some other version of this, whether it's where, in Europe or somewhere else, is going to happen. And spoiler alert: it'll be Europe because that's like. <laughs> That's their favorite thing to do. It is an interesting question because this copyright directive is like a zombie, right? It keeps keeps getting back up and shambling forward under the pure willpower of its sponsors. Uh, And a lot of European members uh, feel pressure from some pretty significant interest to to vote in favor of it. I, I would find it very surprising if this does not pass. Uh, But... So Papipa didn't pass because of the kind of public pressure that's being put on here. Uh, so I don't think it's impossible that it gets rejected. But like you say, if it gets rejected, I don't think that's the end of it. I, I think we see them go back to the drawing board and try again uh, with different language. The, the idea is that tech companies need to take more responsibility for the uploads. The the counter argument is if you make everyone responsible for the uploads of the users, that's going to benefit the biggest companies who have yeah. the amount of resources to be able to put filters in place and fight legal challenges versus the little folks who will be like, you know what, I I can't deal with that. I'll be honest. I turned off comments on DailyTechNewsShow.com uh, in part because I just didn't want to have to deal with GDPR uh, things. And, and I know we cut off a couple of people, but there weren't as many people using it. And so feedback through email is just a safer way for me to do that. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the other element here in terms of fighting back against it is that with Sopa Pippa, we were at a different place in terms of the poli- uh, in terms of politics, understanding tech, uh, wherein uh, a bunch of, you know, YouTube can do a thing and, and uh, Facebook can do a thing and they can all tell you to call your congressperson. And that is what it is now that we understand these companies a lot more, and sometimes we have taken adversarial position, uh, positions against them. And I would argue now, the companies have changed, too. Yeah. Now now it's not. The internet is in revolt. It's Google's in revolt. Facebook's mm-hmm. in revolt. Mm-hmm. Reddit's in revolt. And that's a less powerful argument. All right. Uh, Krebs on security reported, and uh, Facebook then confirmed uh, that Facebook stored passwords for hundreds of millions of users in plain text going back as far as 2012, accessible internally to... By some estimates of Krebs sources, up to 20,000 Facebook employees, uh, with certainly 2,000 employees at least uh, being able to make 9 million internal queries on the database that contained the passwords. That doesn't mean they were looking for the passwords. It's also not as bad as it sounds. Facebook's user passwords are protected with encryption. They're hashed, they're salted, but some employee-built apps were logging passwords as plain text on internal servers in multiple ways sometimes as part of crash and debug logs, for instance. Now, that in itself 
the network admins out there already know like, yeah, okay, that's, that's normal. Uh, you can have crash logs, uh, catch, catch a password in transit, uh, and it might be decrypted because they do have to be decrypted at some point, right? So that's not the problem. Why the logs were retained as long as they were, possibly up to seven years, and why this data was never noticed is the issue. Facebook confirmed uh, that this happened in a blog post Thursday titled Keeping Passwords Secure, said that the company identified the problem in January as part of an internal security review, then fixed the issue, and promises to notify anyone affected. They don't think you need to change your password, although I personally would encourage you to change your password in this case uh, if you are uh, notified that you were affected because Facebook says it has no evidence that employees misused access to the data. But if you want to be extra sure, well, just change it. However, uh, this is both not as bad as it looks and pretty bad. Uh, it's not as bad as it looks because it's not Facebook was storing passwords without encryption. Uh, it is as bad as it looks because they weren't doing the security audits that would have caught that these logs were sticking around when they shouldn't have been. Although I guess you could say they weren't, but now they are because it was a Facebook security audit that found it. So I don't know where you stand on this, Justin. Facebook was really not very good. uh, And now maybe it's better. I don't know. Uh, I think the reason why this story is getting the traction that it has is because Facebook being punished, Facebook being bad, is a narrative that uh, uh you know is you know how we understand them right now you know the, the specifically in the tech press this specific instance i think you've spelled out very very clearly is not exactly the end of the world uh, uh you know it, it it's a bad thing it's not shocking that uh, uh something like this at a company that size slips through the cracks it's bad that it did they should notify everybody and i'm going to go even further than tom if yes if you are identified please change your password if you were not identified, go ahead and change your password. Sure. As long as it's uh, strong and secure and you're not changing it to one, two, three, four, five, then <laughs> you are safer for doing it. Don't change it to one you already use somewhere else, I'll add, and then I'll get in line behind Justin and say, yeah, he's right. Everybody change your password. We should all have change your password day. Congratulations. <laughs> March 21st. Now actually. I mean, changing I mean, your password just randomly is not a good day, idea. But. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Don't change your passwords day. for no reason. That's stupid. Do turn on t- second factor authentication, though. That That right. is a good idea. Turn yeah. on second well, factor it, it might be. It might be overly paranoid. I don't know if it's stupid. Uh, to change your password for no reason does not increase your security. And 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 NIST even agrees now to well, say okay, like so, that so- forcing people to change their passwords actually makes you less secure because then they keep using the same passwords to make them easier to remember is why I would say it was stupid. Anyway, but that's, that's getting off our point here. I apologize. To Justin's point about uh, the fact that Facebook is yeah, the narrative is very much now like, oh, Facebook, that's another data problem. You know, every Everybody should be worried. Oh, this, you know, they're too big. They're too terrible. Okay. I get that. I get why this story would outrage some folks. But as you mentioned, Tom, most of this is internal. If you worry that people working within Facebook, of which there are many thousands of people, might have some nefarious uh, uh, ideas about what to do with, with plain text passwords, then yes, that would be cause for concern. It doesn't seem to me um, that for the most part, this is going to result in in any real, uh, you know, a, a ripple in, in, in any actual data within people's lives. 
that use Facebook. Well, and that's the thing, right? The reason passwords are encrypted, salted, and hashed so that the company itself can't see them is so that you don't have to worry about some rogue employee, you know, grabbing your password right. and distributing it. Yeah. This and that would be a, that would be horrible. Right. I, and this makes I, it slightly more possible that a rogue employee could have. It doesn't seem like they did, and at least they caught the fact that it was there. And I think what Facebook's trying to intimate is we caught it before anybody nefarious who would have taken advantage could have because they didn't know it was there either. Uh, if someone in, internally had known that these passwords were sitting around, we would have discovered this fact seven years ago. The New York Times report. And look, I'm going to tell everybody, uh, <laughs> keep your head on a swivel with this one because we got newspapers reporting on newspapers. Uh, yeah. talking about their newspapers. The New York Times reports that Apple has made a deal with the Wall Street Journal for its new, its new news service. And sources say the agreement will be announced at Apple's March 25th event. Apple hopes having Apple News pre-installed on iPhones and iPads will convince media outlets to join their service and gain new audiences. The New York Times and the Washington Post have both reportedly not joined the service, which has Apple taking 50% of revenue and unlimited access to publisher content. Wall Street Journal, if, if, this, is, if this report bears out, uh, is a good get. Uh, that, that, is a, that is a compelling yeah. one. Yeah. The New York Times and the Washington Post would also be good gets. Um, and interesting that, yeah, that the Wall Street Journal uh, seems to have uh, come to a, a good agreement with Apple where its, it's most respected peers have not. Um, it's funny to me that and, – and, you know, jump in if I'm crazy, but – when you think of things like new podcasts and and you know all of the things that something like the iOS ecosystem can 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 let us all enjoy where previously we had not the New York Times the Wall Street Journal the Washington Post don't really come to mind I don't totally believe that Apple saying Hey, I mean, if you're on our new subscription service, you're going to get a lot more people that would be reading that wouldn't have been reading your publication otherwise. I don't know how many Wall Street Journal users are going to sign up because of this, but maybe I'm crazy. I think you're crazy. I really do. I yeah, yeah I, I think you're going to get uh, a lot more people in the Wall Street Journal uh, world that wouldn't have because they're like, ooh, I'm an Apple user. I'll never pay independently for a Wall Street Journal service, but I'll pay $10 a month for an Apple service that gives me news from all these sources, including the Wall Street Journal, because it's not just about the Wall Street Journal. The reason the Times and the Post have not joined is they don't want to give Apple that much control over their subscribers. So I'm curious why the Wall Street Journal came to that decision. I also wonder whether or not the deal is the same. Because the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and the New York Times have all one thing in common. They have built fairly robust paywall business models. The Wall Street Journal did it first. They they uh, were fairly early in the game and with a lot less fanfare just said, congratulations, now there's a paywall. And and there's a reason why there are clever hacks to kind of get around it or you yeah, can right. become, become familiar with ways uh, that uh, you can find the stories that they've syndicated. But the New York Times and the Washington Post have fairly recently had big highs because – largely behind their political coverage and this being a very a politically dialed in age that we are in. I think for them, for, for the New York times, and the Washington post, this is more of a, a question of like, well, do we want to give this up now 
Like that deal's probably going to be there forever. They can make the decision now, or do they continue to take, you know, the the lion's share of their subscriber money for themselves? Yeah. Because I, I think this follows the pattern of, yeah, Apple didn't have all the music companies on board when it first launched iTunes, but eventually they all followed in line. Apple didn't have all the TV and movie companies on board when they added video to iTunes, but then they... I well, but up then, okay, so and I know I'm crazy, but that goes back to my original point of like, yeah, but that was sort of an unproven model that people are like, well, you know, how's this all work? The idea of reading old, uh, old guard news articles is not new. Um, and Apple wanting to 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 bundle this into something that it considers new, but doesn't actually make anything thing and i I will almost bet you money that this is going to be their selling point on this service is be done with the countdown be done with the i only get to read the first two sentences and then the rest of it is faded and grayed out that is in the past if you now have Mm. also support journalism directly through apple we'll be giving them money we'll take 50 (laughs) percent But we'll give them the rest. We promise. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to Oslo, Norway, which plans to become the first city to install wireless charging systems for electric taxis. Induction charging plates will be put in the road at taxi ranks. The city of Oslo will work with Finnish utility Fortum and U.S. company at Momentum Dynamics on the project. Oslo will also require all taxis to be zero emission by 2023. And one third of new cars sold in Norway last year were already electric. Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're really pushing electric cars in Norway. Uh, there isn't a a really strong oil and gas lobby there, uh, so it gives them a little more freedom to to move with that without feeling that pressure. Um, but I still, I'm like, is this going to work? I mean, I don't know how well these induction plates work. Uh, let's assume they work great and they'll keep the taxis charged because that's my first wonder is like, will they actually keep the taxis charged or will be, will there be complaints about that? I don't know how well proven this model is, but even if so, do you spend enough time in the taxi ranks? You know, I, I, again, maybe I just don't know enough about Oslo, but uh, I I feel like, I feel like, there might be this might work more as a psychological solution where taxi drivers who are resistant to transitioning to the electric cars will feel a little better about it, even though it might not be totally necessary. Norwegian cabbies, please email the show and tell us how long <laughs> in the ranks. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Yeah. Feedback need, at dailytechnewsshow.com. Norwegian yes. taxi drivers only. No other person should actually Oslo taxi drivers, particularly. Yeah, Uh, this is this is pretty cool, though. I love the idea. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, when I read this article, I was like, what is the downside? If you don't charge wirelessly, then you don't. Oh, I mean, the the downside. If you need it, then great. I I think, yeah, if it's just topping people off while they wait for a fare, then uh, uh, kings to them. The downside is they spend a ton of money and it just doesn't work at all and it's a total boondoggle that they're they're throwing out there as a carrot for uh, everybody obeying the stick of it's go- all taxis need to be zero emission in... You know, By 2023 or- anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, man. Uh, the, who knows? Maybe the, the, the positive side of me says this could make it all take off. Maybe all roads will have these in them at all times in the future. 
The Motion Picture Association of America, you know it as the MPAA, reported the world market for entertainment. So the MPAA defines entertainment for their purposes as both home and theater viewing of movies and TV shows. Uh, The world market for entertainment grew 9% in 2018 to a total of $96.8 billion. Digital home entertainment drove that growth. Worldwide digital sales grew 34%. Physical releases dropped 14%. Streaming video subscriptions grew 27% to $613.3 million, again, worldwide, passing cable for the first time. More people subscribed to video subscriptions worldwide, $613.3 million, than subscribed to cable, which is $556 million, down 2%. Now, cable still brought in more money at $6.2 billion, uh, and yes, there's too much to watch. Uh, Since 2014, scripted dramas have grown by 28% to 496 scripted dramas in 2018. If you add daytime dramas, children's shows, and reality shows or unscripted television, you get 1,620 new programs in 2018. Now, uh, let's talk about theater. Revenue at theater box offices grew 1% worldwide, so it's essentially revenue for movie going is flat. But spending in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa dropped while spending rose in the U.S., Canada, and China, offsetting the drop elsewhere. So there's some arguments to be made that, oh, maybe maybe U.S. and China are are the leading indicators of movies booming and you just need to, to spend a little more attention on these other markets. You know, the the thing that uh, jumped out at me the most was 1% of a bump at revenue in theater box offices, which, as you mentioned, Tom, is more or less flat. But it's not going down. And I would have thought it would have. Wait, why would you have thought it had gone down? Because everybody has so many more options to watch stuff within the comfort of their own home. And there's so much screaming about the 90-day window. And if we keep letting people watch these movies at home, they'll never come to the theater. And Steven Spielberg wants to kick Netflix out of the Oscars, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, I think uh, obviously this is a transitive uh, time for theaters in general, but it is a great time to be making entertainment. And uh, uh, I I have some catching up to do for those 1,620 programs that uh, I'm sure I missed. (laughs) Yeah. All of those daytime dramas. I know. Next time someone (laughs) tells you you have to watch whatever, just come back to them with there were 1,620 new programs last year. I can't watch them all. (laughs) Absolutely not. Or just short, short form. Just go sixteen twenty and walk away. Yeah, know and make you sure you, make sure you say that to your fare while you're driving them around and <laughs> wirelessly charging your phone. Yeah. Hey, folks. Uh, oh, could it charge your phone too? <laughs> only only if you're in Oslo. Yeah, yeah. Only if you throw it out of your moving now car. Now I'm in. Yeah. Uh, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. And thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on stories at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you'd like to hang out on Facebook, well, I have good news. We have a group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Is this a mailbag I see before me? In fact, it is, Tom. Very perceptive. Chris in sunny Brisbane, Australia, says he had an insight that he thought he'd share and see if we had an opinion on. Chris says, I have a friend who I work with who is currently building a super high-performance gaming PC, really going all out. I was curious, though, with the emergence of the streaming gaming platforms, 
do you think there is going to be the same requirements for high-powered gaming PCs in the coming years? Food for thought. Maybe this isn't the time to invest in those RTX cards if the rendering is no longer done locally. Mm, this is a great question. Uh, and as as positive as I am on the possibility of the success of these game streaming platforms, I also do not think it's going to get rid of or possibly even reduce the market for people building super high-performance gaming PCs. And the reason I say that is no, not everyone builds their own gaming PC right now. And the people who are most stringently against these streaming platforms seem to be the people who want to build their own gaming PCs and will continue to do so. And I, I don't see gaming changing so much that they they make it impossible for you to use uh, your own gaming PC to play your games locally uh, for no other reason than esports exists. And there's going to be ha- have to be some mechanism uh, for players to, to train up into those ranks. So yeah, I, I think that continues to be a strong segment of the populace where where streaming is going to steal from is probably more often consoles uh, or people who just don't feel like they can game on the equipment they have. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. The one question that I do have on the streaming services, uh, uh, Tom, consistently, who are uh, who rank among the most hated companies in America? Comcast. Yeah. Telcos. Yeah. So you're putting your product uh, uh, the middleman on that will be a local telco that is uh, uh, bringing the service into somebody's well, house. Okay, so th- th- but you could apply that same argument to Netflix. Netflix does not require that th- does not your your enjoyment of Netflix unless it is not able to. Str- Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Uh, uh, the, the, the product in a, uh, a timely manner does not depend on one second of. OK, react- well, I go back to Patrick Beja and all the people who have NVIDIA shields who wrote in uh, who all say your concerns about that are overblown. I've actually used these services and they generally work pretty well. Yeah, generally. I'm I'll, Okay. Yeah, you par- parse me. Uh, I, I'm speaking on their behalf. I'm the, all, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that it is. Uh, uh, Telcos have a bad. I mean, rep- you can you can say that about the entire internet. Like anything you do on the internet is in the hands of the telcos already, I right? No, but I'm saying that the uh, I think it's a straw man game. argument. Technically, be straw men because I'm blaming all the telcos, but uh, (laughs) it's a straw people (laughs) argument. Argument, but uh, yeah. Oh no, it is totally. Uh, We also got some feedback. I'm glad Justin was able to bring that point of view that many of you had into the show, and we also got some feedback on the Epic Games conversation that Scott uh, and I had yesterday. A few people contacted us in multiple formats saying they thought we didn't give enough attention to a couple of issues they have with the Epic Games store in particular. One, Epic Exclusives. Uh, Scott said, ah, exclusives have been part of gaming forever and just, you know, sort of skipped over that that point because of that. But a lot of people think that it deserved more time, that people think that exclusives are harmful to the gaming community and that, yes, Epic isn't the only one to do exclusives, but them also doing exclusives isn't helping the problem. And number two, Epic's stance on not accepting all kinds of games. Uh, Many folks much prefer Steam's approach over Epic's more restrictive one because they think uh, Epic's uh, approach is suppressive to free ideas. So uh, thank you to everyone who wrote in with those thoughts. Uh, Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks to Tom and Chris and everybody who writes in. Keep them coming. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Thanks also to Justin Robert Young. Justin, Mm. what do we got? Well, uh, I have a program that you can download on the internet using your local telecommunications company that you buy <laughs> your internet from uh, called politics, politics, politics. Uh, a couple of really cool episodes that uh, are out this week. Number one, an interview uh, all about negative ads, including some behind the scenes stories about one of the most famous negative ads of the 2018 cycle. And uh, yesterday we went through on the main politics, politics, politics show, uh, every race that Beto O'Rourke has ever run, breaking down when he wins, why, and when he loses, why. So if you are interested in that, then please go ahead and check out Politics, Politics, Politics. When's he going to win? Uh, well, he is. He's five <laughs> and one. He's five and one with a with a twenty eight percent average margin of victory. You get like things like wins above replacement with the yeah with, yeah, yeah yeah. yeah no, it's good. It's, it's good stuff. It, we, we get deep into the stuff. Awesome. Even in the stats. Our goal each month is to get one more patron than last month, and we're getting closer and closer. We just need four more of you to jump into the pool with us. Uh, you get an exclusive column from Roger Chang today if you are a Patreon at patreon.com slash DTNS at the associate producer level or above. Uh, I also uh, will be doing an editor's uh, desk uh, episode tomorrow that you'll get. Uh, you get all kinds of stuff like that. If you want to become a member of Patreon, it's easy. Just do right now. Go to patreon.com slash DTNS. NS and join. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. If you have questions, comments, or any feedback, send it our way. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow uh, to kind of wrap up the GDC coverage with Trish Hershberger and Len Peralta will be here too. Talk to you then. 
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.